Hello and welcome to Fine Wine, where I talk about media that may or may not have aged like fine wine, and I whine about it, maybe, well, I'm gonna be whining about something a bit different, because this is the second time I've had to record this because I accidentally called um, one of the characters by the wrong name for like 30 minutes. Oops. Oh well. But I'm here now, and I'm recording it, so let's have a good time, shall we? Um, so, today I'll be talking about A Woman Alone, a 1936 British film starring Anna Sten, Henry Wilcoxon, Viola Keats, and John Garrick. Um, now it takes place in Imperial Russia before the, the, um, Russian Revolution with the communists and stuff, so this is before that where we have, like, the nobles and stuff, and the tsars, and all that fun stuff. Um, and it's, um, a star-crossed lovers situation. It was also released under the name as Two Who Dared. Um, so, it's, you know, two star-crossed lovers who dared fall in love and who dared to try and pursue it. What? Pursue their love, maybe? That's something that comes up later, maybe. But Aniston, love her. This is my second film that I've seen with Aniston in. Um, She's great. Love her lots. The first film I saw with her, didn't like it that much. I thought it was a bit weird. Um, And that was um, The Wedding Night. Luckily, The Wedding Night, I think, was pretty short, so didn't have to put up with it for that long, but A Woman Alone, ooh, girl, A Woman Alone is very fun, very good, very, it's everything. I mean, not really, but it's a lot. Um, Anna Sten, she acted until the cows came home, um, and she, she did her part as the leading lady, and a little bit more. Um, the funny thing is, the main love interest in this movie, played by Henry Wilcoxon, he looks a lot like Roger Federer. Um, so, I don't know, I just found that really funny. Um, so, let's get into the plot. Um, so, Miss Aniston plays a village girl named Maria. So, Maria, no last name because she's a peasant, is doing her thing. She is herding her farm animals, like cows, chickens, sheep, and she's just doing it, you know, as you do, um, herding them across the dirt path. And here come a bunch of military men. Um, They came back returning from a little military exercise, which they show at the beginning of the film in the opening credits, and I found it really funny because the, um, sort of military drill opening credits really reminded me of an Italian movie based in the Roman era, Toto and Cleopatra, so it's just super funny how, like, these two films have very similar openings besides 
even though they're like completely different times and completely different like concepts but you know fun things that you find um but miss maria she is doing her thing when a bunch of military men come and they're like um excuse me ma'am but we have to get through here can you like get your cow out of the road and she is like um and who are you to tell me that um no so um this guy that's leading the soldiers captain nikolai ilinsky he's like ma'am can you get like your cow out of the middle of the road and she's like no I'm not like other girls. I don't listen to authority. She's not really like that, but she's just being like, um, no, I am, this is my village. This is my road. Like, you guys are the ones passing through here. So why should I cede to you? So she gets her cow, crosses the road, finishes crossing it with her cows and her sheep and her chickens. And Nikolai, he's like, wow. She's not like other girls. She doesn't listen to authority like me. I'm interested. Um, So later that night, um, Miss Maria, she returns to her little hovel. But the hovel is shared with like a bunch of other single village women. And they're having like a little time like doing embroidery and knitting and stuff as you do when you're single and living with a bunch of other women um and the military men they're like nearby and they're like looking around because they are bored and they want to do something so they come across the little single lady house and they're like oh my god women sign me up um so they enter and they're like excuse me but can we um share dinner with you guys and these ladies they are like um yes please so the military guys and all the women they're like um partying it up together um (laughs) but not miss maria miss maria is in the corner nursing her drink and she's like um, not partaking in as much of the festivities. Like, some of the women, they've, like, doubled up on some of the men, um, having just a fun time drinking. Um, and in this group of military men, there's Captain Nikolai. (gasps) So Nikolai, he comes over, and he sees Maria, and he's like, um, um, hey, that was you earlier funny that we run into each other here um so they like chat and then this one other girl that's there she does like um a song where she's like like a drinking song and at the end she serves like shot glasses of vodka to a guy and then or multiple guys and then they do the shot and then it's like then i think they kiss after it like okay drinking game i guess um, and then Nikolai's like, hey, why don't you do that for me? And Anna's like, oh, do I have to? But then she does it anyways. Um, and then after that, the two of them go outside and they're like flirting and stuff. Um, but then something weird happens. Um, they almost kiss, 
But then Maria, like, starts running away, and she's like, teehee. Um, so he chases her, and then, like, she always keeps looking, like, behind her. But then they, like, start running. Like, she's, like, booking it. Like, she's actually, like, running from a murderer or something. Um, and then when he catches her, she's like, no, no, and, like, struggling. And then, like, then she's like, I'll scream. But then they kiss anyways, and then it's like, is that supposed to be romantic? I'm sorry, that seems a bit rapey to me, but I guess that constitutes as romance in 1936. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was cute, um, but I did not like that part. It made me very uncomfortable. Um, so then they, like, get talking after they kiss, and he's like, let's meet tomorrow, um, in the forest, and we'll, like, have a proper date, um... So, she's like, yes, I would like that very much. So, we're in the next day. Miss Maria, she is wearing her cloak, wearing her best dress, and she goes to the spot that they designated in the forest. All alone, in the dark, as you do. Um, in the cold, probably. And she waits there. One hour, two hours, three hours pass. Nothing. Four hours pass, nothing. Babe, I would have left after 15 minutes. Like, I'm sorry. Even if it was, like, my first, um, date ever, I wouldn't be waiting for four hours in the forest. I would leave. Especially at night. Like, mm mm-mm. But Maria ends up sleeping there overnight because she's just holding out hope that he'll come. But no, she gets stood up on her first date ever. Mm, sad. But the reason why Nikolai didn't show up to meet her was because he was getting held up at um, a little dinner party. Because he, since he's like a, a captain in the in the military, he has to like do social calls with um, the aristocrats. And there's this one aristocrat lady that was like, that's like a really good marriage candidate for him and everybody's like, oh my god, they have to get married. Like, there's no way that they don't get married. And that lady is Olga. So, he gets caught um, having to do social activities, like, talking to all these other people. And I think you can, like, see him, like, looking at the clock, and he's like, oh, damn. Too bad he couldn't just, like, text her or something. If only, right? Um, But now we cut... Um, to a wedding. We don't know whose wedding it is, but then we see um, coming out after the banquet, after they come out of the banquet hall, it's Nikolai and his wife. Well, his newlywed wife. And that is Olga. He got married to Olga because it's like a good political marriage. Um, Sorry, Maria, but you never saw him again. (laughs) But so now Olga and Nikolai are married, and they, instead of just having, like, a small wedding, since she's a noble and he's, like, military officer, they put on, like, a big festivity for, like, not only the, um, social groups, but also for the military people and the townspeople and peasants. 
So outside they have like a whole festival going on with like maypoles, mayflat, flat, I don't know what it's called, but I think it's like maypole. And like, they're like dance, we have like townspeople like dancing around, doing like folk stuff. We have bonfires going on, people jumping over his fires, lots of stuff going on. So Nikolai and his wife go out because Olga is like, I want to see what's going on. I want to see how these peasants do stuff. Um, so they go out and who else do we see but Miss Maria. Miss Maria, she is dancing in um, like a dance circle with like a bunch of other people, but then they thin out and then we just have her dancing and she sells it. She sells it like she has rent to pay. Um, and she's like jumping, turning, spinning, smiling. Oh my God. It's so great. She like really, really sold it. Love that scene. And it goes on for like three minutes or something. Um, so it's like a long dance scene and to make it more chaotic, they like zoom in on her feet and then like cut up to her arms where we see just the arms like flying around, but like fun, like, um, it's great. Um, so after we see that, Nikolai then sees, um, one of his underlings, like in the military, one of the guys that he commands, like, um, or that he was superior officer to before, um, go up to Anna and then they start like spinning. Um, so Nikolai goes over to them and he's like, Hey, um, how are you? Um, so it turns out Maria is now engaged to this guy, Jakob. Well, Jakob, Jakob. Um, it's, it could be spelled with Y or J. Well, you can pronounce J as Y. So Jakob, um, she's with this guy Jakob now. Um, and Nikolai's like, oh, I mean, it's not like y'all could have dated anyways, because now you're married and stuff. Um, but he and Maria just sort of, like, stare at each other for a little bit, and they're, like, having, like, romantic moment, I guess, but, like, forbidden love now. So, Jakob's like, yeah, we're getting married soon. After I make enough money, we're going to move to the city, and we're gonna get married. Um, and yeah. And then Maria is like, oh, I... Well, after Nikolai leaves, and then she and Jakob are talking, and they're like, Maria's like, I want to do something, like, do something, like, productive. And Jakob's like, eh, maybe I'll get you, I'll find, like, a job that you can do in the city. So, um, he's able to, like, find her a job when, so he returns to the city, and she goes back to her village, um, and he sends her a letter, and he's like, oh my god, girl, I got you, like, a great job. Come to the city, and I'll, like, tell you all about it, and you can, like, start working right away. So she's like, oh, okay. Um, so she leaves her village behind, all the children that she was, like, taking care of for, like, the older ladies and stuff, um, because she was, like, a nanny in the village, um, one of the caretakers. So she leaves the village, and we get this, like, scene on the train where it, like, shows how poor she is, I guess, because the train is overcrowded in the car she's in, and she's on the bottom bench, and then 
they're just like legs from the bench above her dangling down and it's sort of cute because like she just sort of parts um a curtain of people's shins and then just like peeks her head through sort of cute you know so she arrives in the city and first thing she does is go and find Jakob and she's like oh my god I'm here um let's talk but she doesn't know that Jakob's on duty and when you're on duty you can't talk especially when you're a guard guarding like the um military headquarters so she's like trying to talk to him um but he's not responding and she's like why are you not responding I came all this way why aren't you responding to me um and he's just sort of like go away like whispering but she's just like not getting the hint um so he's finally like okay I get off of duty in a few hours go to the cafe across the street and I'll tell you about like the new job and I'll meet you there so she does that so she goes to the cafe across the street in that cafe they have like dangling things of like so like on a rope tied to the ceiling hanging down they have like um either like salt crystals or sugar crystals um can't really tell because you can't taste them through the screen and also salt and sugar are both just white crystals but they have crystals hanging from the ceiling and you have like these two vagrant looking guys like licking them so the cafe manager like tells them off like oh my god i told you guys not to do that if you do that again i'm gonna have to ask you to leave um so like miss maria she's just in the cafe like watching this happen um drinking her really sad soup like the soup is very thin like water thin and it looks like brown so it's like great depression era food um so that's fun but she's waiting there for Jakob to come over and get off of work. Um, so he gets there and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, but you can't just do that and talk to me while I'm on duty because it's against the, rule, against the rules for me to, like, respond. Um, and she's like, well, why didn't you, like, tell me that beforehand? He's like, ugh. Um, but he's like, okay, let me tell you about the job that I got you. Um... Because he didn't, like, think to send her more of the details in the letter that he sent. Um, you know. I guess it's sort of to, like, get her there and then she can't leave if she doesn't like the details of it. Because that's exactly what happens. Um, he ends up telling Maria, yeah, your job is to work as a nanny for, um, Olga Ilinsky's son. (gasps) So now she has to work, um for the wife and child of the man that she fell in love with all those moons ago um and she is like not into it she's like no i want to go back i am like not down for this job but Jakob, see he's like no you're doing this job so she is like tied into it so, finally, she ends up going to the Alinsky Manor, or estate, and getting introduced to Olga and Lucia, who is the head maid of the Alinsky household. So, we sort of get to see Olga's personality. And she's a menace. Um, I think the first scene when we get introduced to her, 
she's getting her hair brushed by one of her maids. And her maid, like, either combs her too... Combs her hair too hard or something. So Olga gets, like, so pissed off. And she's like, oh my god, you're so inept. So she grabs the cone and throws it at the maid and tells her to leave. Um, and then Lucia comes over and she's like, so sorry about that. We have to train them better. And Olga's like, yeah, you better. Um, so... Then Maria comes in and she's like, hello, I'm the new maid. Luckily, Olga seems to like her. So um, they introduce her to the baby and she's like, oh my God, he's so cute. Um, But then Olga's like, oh my God, your drip is so ugly. We need to get you some new clothes, babe. So she and Lucia like doll her up in her new nanny uniform with like a headpiece as well. The headpiece is pretty cute. It's like, um, I guess, traditional Russian Eastern European looking. I'm like, sort of, I don't know, but it's cute. Um, So after they get her all dressed up for her new job, they send her, well, she goes into the hallway and just like looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, oh my God, um, is this really me? I've never worn something, like, so expensive, and I look so good. Well, I don't know if she thinks she looks so good, but she looks so good. But then, around the corner, surprise, comes Ilinsky. Well, Nikolai Ilinsky. And he's like, wait, is that really Maria I see? What is she doing in my house? And then Maria's like, oh, hello. Um, pretending, like, not to know him because she still has feels feels for him, you know? Um, but she's like, yeah, I'm the new nanny, so I'll be here now. And Alinsky's like, okay, well, I hope you do good work. Um, and then they just have, like, an awkward exchange, and he leaves. So now Maria's, like, working there as the nanny. Um, and one time in the scene, she's talking to the baby, and she's like, oh my god, you're gonna grow up to be so strong, handsome, and reliable, just like you're dad he's such a good guy and you just have to look up to him because like he's so great and Nikolai overhears this so he like he knows now that she is still harboring some sort of feeling for him um so he like knows that but he can't do anything about it because he's still married to Olga so then Jakob um gets some time off work he has like two hours and He's, like, trying to get Lucia to get um, Maria to come down and see him. But Lucia's, like, you know, she's, like, really busy. Um, So I don't know if she can see you. But Jakob's, like, I literally came here on my only two hours off. She better see me. Like, babe, you're the one that, like, sort of forced her into this job. And now you're demanding that she takes time away from it. Like, come on. He's, like, he was cute, but he's getting more and more, um, annoying and just, like, horrible throughout the movie. Um, like, when I first saw him compared to Roger Federer-looking Nikolai, I was like, you know, he's sort of cute. You go, Maria. But now he's becoming insufferable, um... So Maria is able to see him. She's able to get some time off just to see him. And she's like, I only have like 15 minutes. I'm sorry about that. Um, My mistress like doesn't let us take time off. 
very easily. Um, so I only had like a short amount of time. And he's like pissed off now because he's like, I got you this job and I brought you here. So you better like take time for me because I took my time to see you right now. So it's like, ugh, Jesus. Um, but Lucia, well, after that like exchange, Lucia and like, she's taking great care of uh, Maria. She's like, ugh, love Lucia. She is the hero of this film. She is like so kind to Maria and she deals with Olga and all of her shenanigans. Um, and yeah, so since Maria is sort of like feeling out of place in such an opulent household, she becomes like good friends with like the cooks and the cobblers and stuff. And they like at night, once they got off work, they have little like folk song parties in the courtyard. Um, but obviously, like, Olga, she's like, ew, what is that racket? Um, tell them to shut up. But Maria's voice, Anna Sten's voice, great when she sings. Like, wow. Especially, like, the folk so- folkish sh- songs. Like, you go, girl. Um, so, also, while we're here, we sort of see that um, Nikolai isn't very happy in his marriage with Olga. And Olga keeps a lot of male friends around, um, one of which she has, like, a history with. Um, So you get the sort of vibe that she's, like, really only in this marriage for, um, for the marriage and not for, like, caring for the dude, caring for, like, Nikolai or anything. So one day... They were going to go out, but Nikolai's like, I don't know, I'm not feeling that well, I might not go out with you guys. So Olga's like, ugh, fine, you're such a, such a killjoy. So she ends up going out with a guy that she has, like, history with and with another guy. And they just, like, chill while they leave the house. Um, So Nikolai is now home alone, but Maria didn't know this because she thought, all of them were going. So she thought she was just like, she thought she was home alone. So the phone rings and the phone is in Nikolai's study. So Maria like tries her best to go and get the phone. But since she's like, you know, from a village that doesn't have phones probably, she misses it once she picks it up and because she took too long to get to it. Um, But right as she misses it, Nikolai comes into the study and surprises her because she, like, thought he was gone. But Nikolai's like, you know, you should be faster when you get the phone. Um, but then they have, like, a little romantic moment. Um, forbidden love as it is, you know. Um, Nikolai is like, you know, Maria, you're so beautiful. I haven't ever stopped thinking about you. All that kind of stuff. And Maria's like, ah, Nikolai... Um, you're such a great man, um, but we can't do this, um, because, like, Maria's, like, his employee, and he's, and Nikolai's married, and has a menace of a wife, and Maria is engaged to be wed, um, so they can't do anything, so Maria leaves, and Nikolai is sad and drunk, um, so, the next one, Olga gets back, um, one of her little gossipers in the house 
tells her that they heard um, Maria and Nikolai in the study exchanging I love yous. So Olga is like, no way. Um, And then that news reaches Jakob as well. So he goes over to the the house as well and he like goes up to confront Maria about it and she tries to explain it to him but he's like nah I heard what I heard and what I heard is obviously the truth so I'm not gonna listen to you because you are not a decent girl um so he like doesn't try to listen to her doesn't try to hear her side of the story just like trusts the gossip um okay dude So he, like, pissed, marches off, goodbye, their marriage is now off. Um, And Maria was getting ready to quit as the nanny because she's like, I can't be in this house anymore because if I stay, it'll be too painful for both me and Nikolai. And also, um, we might not be able to stop our love from um, developing even more. So she, like goes to Lucia and she's like, I'm sorry, girl, but I have to leave. And Lucia's like, girl, I understand you, and sees her out. Um, And then Olga, Olga also packs. Olga packs her bag, and she's, like, telling the servants, I'm going to Paris. Um, I'm calling my boyfriend. Because, like, Olga was waiting for this moment to get out of the marriage because she doesn't have any love in the marriage. So she's like, get my boyfriend, I'm going to Paris, goodbye. So she just leaves. So now Nikolai is at this big house, well, mansion. He's in this big mansion all by his own self, all sad because everybody left him. He lost, like, everything. So, but still, there's unresolved um, anger between, well, from Jakob towards Nikolai. So when Nikolai is going into the military headquarter, um, the place that Jakob, like, guards, Jakob ends up assaulting a superior officer being Nikolai. Um, And obviously, since he's, like, surrounded by other military guys, he's, like, immediately apprehended. Like, not the brightest. So they arrest him and throw him in jail. Um... And when they were searching his person, they found a revolutionary pamphlet. So they were like, oh my god, could this be because he is a revolutionary? (sighs) So now we have, like, Jakob in jail, Nikolai all by himself, and Maria just gone. Um, So in the meantime... um, the attorney for the military, he's, like, talking to Nikolai, and he's like, dude, we can't really have the story about your wife leaving you for being a cheater or the guy assaulting you for cheating, for, um, saying that you love his wife, so we're gonna need you to, like, sign this paper saying that you affirm that this guy is a revolutionary so that we can, like, execute him. And Nikolai, he's, like, a guy of honor, and he's like, no, I can't do that because it's not honest. Um, But then the attorney, like, threatens him and is like, if you don't do this, you'll lose everything. What? 
what else you'll lose whatever you have now you'll lose your career your position everything so Nikolai is sort of like SOL he's um sort of blackmailed into signing this false statement um so now Jakob is held in prison and we have like a year and a half time skip the police have been looking for Jakob's ex-fiance um and they have taken so long to find her because turns out Maria has become a professional dancer and has built a life for herself building her own wealth in the year and a half since all of the all of the crap went down so we get another dance scene and this time it's on a stage with a bunch of ensemble dancers with Maria being um the focal point it's again sort of like the folk dance that we saw at the beginning of the film well at the sort of um at the wedding festival but this time it's a bit more refined and definitely more choreographed and again Anna Sten eats this dance up she can dance she can sing she can act and she is beautiful she has the face of a cherub well not like biblically not biblically accurate cherub but like the cute ones um so the police end up going into well like knocking on her dressing room door and are like oh my god are you Jacob's ex-fiance and she's like yes are you looking for me and they're like yeah we've been trying to find you for the past year and a half where have you been and she's like I've been right here but then they're like well why couldn't we find you under your other name and she's like oh I changed it I perform under this name and it's like the same name it's like Maria something um instead of Maria Sharialev which was her to be married name um so she's like yeah I just didn't use my ex-fiance's last name to perform with you know so the police are like okay um well anyways we have some questions for you because Jakob is in jail pending um a court ruling on whether or not he's a revolutionary um and this comes as a big shock to Maria so Maria ends up going to the prison to visit him and she visits him in a great outfit like you can see all the wealth that she's amassed in her time as a professional dancer um because her the way that she carries herself and the way that she dresses is completely different to the girl that we saw at the beginning of the film no longer is she meek and bending to other people's wills but now she's like strong and iron-willed she's been through some shit you know and she's built herself up so she visits Jakob in the jail and she's like oh my god what happened to you and he's and Jakob's like I never thought I would see you again and he's like you know um yeah they see each other and 
she's like, how did you even get into this mess? And then he's like, well, I attacked Ilinsky, LOL. Oops. Um, sorry, Jakob, karma's a bitch. <laughs> um, like, literally Maria was living her best life while all the other characters' lives were going down in flames. Like, wow. You go, girl. So, um, he's like, yeah, I don't want to see you again, but also I'm going to die because they're going to execute me as, um, a revolutionary. And Ray's like, no, that can't happen. But Jakob's like, no, you should just let that happen and go be with, um, Nikolai because I know that you guys love each other. Um, because Jakob has in his head. If she tries and if she defends Jakob that and he gets out of being executed, then Maria would think, obviously, well, I'll go be with Jakob. But Jakob's like, no, I don't want to be with you even if you save my life. Like, okay, dude, I see how it is. But he's like, um, well, I know what we had wasn't love and I know that we could never be in love because we're not the right people for each other. So he's essentially telling her, go be with Nikolai. Um, you don't need to worry about me. Because if she lets Jakob die and get executed as a revolutionary, um, then she can like go l- marry Nikolai and they can like live lavishly because he will have... Um, still have his military position and everything. But Maria is conflicted. She doesn't know which one to choose. But seeing as how Jakob is so insistent that they will not have any relationship, even if he comes out of this alive, it really looks like Maria only has one path. So she goes to see the police officer, and she's like, how did he even get in this mess? Because as like... How did he even get branded as, like, a revolutionary? He doesn't even know how to, like, read. So, like, how can he be involved with politics? Because he never had an interest in it either. And the dude's like, well, we found it in his pocket. So, you know, that's, like, incriminating, obviously. Um, Jakob said, like, he found it on the floor and picked it up. But he didn't know what it said. So he just put it in his pocket for later. Um, So Marie's like, oh my god. He can't read. This is, like, so bull. So she leaves. And when she's leaving the police office, she sees Nikolai. Because in the police office, um, the police officer is also like, yeah, Nikolai signed this paper, like, attesting to um, Jakob being a revolutionary. So Maria is, like, all tied up now. So she's like, ugh. So she walks out the police office. Nikolai's going in. Um, maybe to see Yaka, maybe to see the police commissioner, but she sees him and he like l- makes eye contact with her and like turns to say hello. But she's like, I hate you and walks off like, woo, you go girl. Um, showing her emotions. Woohoo. So obviously Nikolai's like, well, what the hell was that from? But then since he sees her, sees the direction she's she's walking from. He's like, he can guess that she was just told that Nikolai signed a false test testimony. 
Um, so he's like, okay, yeah. So next time we see all of our characters is in the courtroom. I love courtroom scenes in um, these older films. They are always so cathartic. Ooh. So we have um, Jakob still saying, I attacked Nikolai because he was cheating on my... Cheating... He was he was um, in love with my wife, so that's why I attacked him. Um, I'm not a revolutionary. Um, and Nikolai's just there silent because he's, like, conflicted because he wants to be honest, but he can't because he's sort of being blackmailed again. Um, so then they bring in a final character witness slash regular witness, and it's Maria. And God, this outfit is great. They, like, spent the rest of the film's budget, but they had, like, quite a bit of budget, I think. It was, like, yeah, 80,000 pounds budget in 1936. So that's, like, a bajillion dollars in today's money. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, she walks in, and she's in, like, an amazing outfit. It's, like, black, but then it has white knitted um, doily, sort of, like, um ribbons of doily like knitted doily um like around trimming her cuffs and draping down to the floor but then coming back up and like wrapping around her neck and like the black is like velvet and it looks amazing oh my god like character development just through the outfits is amazing because at the beginning she was just wearing like um peasant clothes And now she's, like, um, she learned about the world, and it shows how she's, like, matured as a character. Because also the clothes she wore before were very, like, light and airy, showing a sort of carefree, um, way of life for her and way of thinking for her. But now she's wearing mostly dark and heavy clothes, showing her maturation um so Maria goes up and to everyone's surprise she defends Jakob she's like no this man cannot read he's not interested in politics anything he um has probably said is be like knows from like about politics is because somebody like read something to him So he cannot be a revolutionary in the least because he would be the worst revolutionary ever, if anything. So the court's like, oh, what? Is this lady lying? But then Nikolai stands up and he's like, she's right. The testimony that I signed is false. It's a lie. And the attorney and the rest of the court's all like, they're all gagged at this revelation, you know? So the attorney... He, like, sort of threw the attorney under the bus, but I would, too, because I would... Because he's getting blackmailed by him. So, um, with this, Jakob is able to be set free. Um, so he's free and he gets to live. Um, and Maria is, like, oh, sort of hurt by it. But then she's, like, she runs into Nikolai outside and Nikolai's, like, I just couldn't do it. Um, and Maria's like, I know, because you're an honest man. Like, Maria knew this would happen, sort of. 
well, she hoped it would happen. Um, and Nikolai's like, well, I'm sorry, because now if we wanted a life together, um, I don't have anything. Like, I literally don't have anything anymore. But Maria is like, I don't care. All I need is you. And then they kiss, and then it has the end. Um, so yeah, what a cute film. And it's very short, only 76 minutes, but it like tells such a cute story. Not cute, but definitely touching story. Um, Aniston eats everyone up in this film. She literally left no crumbs. Um, the rest of the actors, I don't think were given much in terms of um, in terms of what they were able to work with, but Anna definitely she was given the most to work with, and she took what she was given to work with and like turned it up to two hundred percent and was like, "I'm going to um literally make this the best acting performance." in 1936 and she did that like you go girl Aniston amazing um Roger Federer look like Henry Wilcoxon um he looks like Roger Federer that's all I could think when he was on screen (laughs) um Viola Keats she sort of just disappeared halfway through the movie when Olga um went to Paris so I mean I don't even see how she is one of the starring roles in this film when she was like barely even in it and then John Garrick as Jakob he was cute but he he did a I guess he did a pretty good job at playing like an asshole um but yeah pretty pretty good performances all around the story is definitely one that has been told a many times um but one that I don't think gets old, um, especially with the different bits of the little tweaks that they did with it, um, and the dancing scenes. I, when I first saw the first dancing scene, I was like, oh my god, is it really gonna be like one of these movies where we pad out so much of the time with random scenes like this? But in the end, I was like, wait a minute, um, watching Aniston dance like this um it's really enjoyable so I was actually like I would have I wouldn't have minded if they had more of them but yeah and then Aniston's singing scenes also great so if you can watch this film I would definitely recommend it um I think it's on Prime Video um I know it's on Prime Video in the UK don't know if it's on Prime Video anywhere else but it might be on archive.org. Archive.org is the home girl for these old films. Um, but yeah, That's a Woman Alone, 1936. Great movie, great story, love it lots, and definitely aged like fine wine. And I will wine to you next time. Thank you.